0: In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So, go to podsurvey.com sims and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey... You can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash sims, S-I-M-M-S. Thanks for your help. No, there's more than six there, isn't there? Are there six sides for right there? Oh, no, on the six. left,
1: there's six, there's more than six. On the there's right, eight. there's six. So. Wow. So, so there's an octagon and a hexagon.
0: <laughs> It's a, it's a double gun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 what's up? It's Chris Simms um, Button. It's episode 473. Wow. Ahmed Farid is here. And that's why you listen to this podcast. It's the deep dives into octagons and yeah. hexagons. Those are the things that you'll learn here. It's next level shit at Chris Sims Unbutton. Ahmed Farid, what's up, man? How are you today? Yeah, what are we talking about? Hexagons? Oxi- uh, octa- octagons, yeah, octagons, right. We we're measuring, we we're showing some quarterbacks' measurables next to an unknown quarterback, which was mine. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't as impressive as the one. Uh, man yeah just crapping on myself on my own pod. What a great show. It's what makes you like we did, right?
0: Yeah, it's what makes you you. And we also talked about what was more red right. orange or red. The debate rages on.
1: The debate rages on. Well, I think if you were gonna go from red to redder red to blue, I think orange should have started it off. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, so no? Still you still don't, don't believe that? I don't believe that. No. I think mean, red know? is pretty red. Red's pretty really red. I can be convinced on anything, you know, so <laughs> okay. who knows? All right. By the end fine. of this pod, maybe I'll be with you on that one. But uh no, we're we're pumped to... To do this again because we put you back in the lab with I'm, your notebook I've been in the lab i haven't got out of the lab
1: <laughs> mr mr get me out
0: of here uh we're looking at wide receivers today wide receivers quarterbacks yes.
1: that was all last week's news oh uh, who needs to talk about it what's so crazy is we're doing wide receivers today but in my life i'm on dbs right now oh i'm on corners so like literally yesterday when we're in our text for our unbuttoned group text and it's like I'm like, oh yeah, duh. We got to talk about receivers tomorrow. As I'm watching DBs, and I'm like trying to filter that in my brain. Yeah. So uh, I'm 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 in a different position, even though we're going to talk about this. It's a good
0: group. It's going to be fun. How was your weekend though? You good? You feeling good? It was good. I yeah. was yeah, I was working the whole weekend. We had the Louisiana Derby. Oh, that's right. On Saturday. I, I did not watch that. I'm sorry. The Kings Barnes. Right is the name. Is I the name? It, I guess it's a golf course in Scotland. Okay. Um, but that horse was pretty good. Okay. It might be among the derby one of the favorites. Derby favorites. here yeah. Kings Barnes, Kings Barnes, a little awkward right. of a name, right. but um, and then there was a horse that won yesterday, which we didn't have it, but it was in like uh, this kind of like not well-known race, but you still get Kentucky Derby qualifying points if you win it. Okay. The jockey is a 60 year old man. Whoa. The trainer has never won a race this big in his life. Wow. And now he's going to the biggest of them all in wow. the Kentucky Derby. So wow. That's cool. wild no. on ice. 60 year old jockey. 60 year old jockey. I
1: don't know if I've seen one that old. That's so dangerous. Like even Doesn't not, not seem even.
0: good exercise to do for that age. It seems a little, yeah, it seems dicey. Damn. So all right. So, were you at home yesterday? No, I had updates yesterday. You so had was, updates yesterday? Yeah, so I was on NBC. In between the Drone Racing League and and, the uh, the golf. And the golf. Okay. I was watching
1: the golf a little bit, but I was more You didn't see me pop up with an update on it? I must have missed it. I was kind of like, no disrespect to you. Okay. I was more, I I was son of a baseball game. So I missed the early part of the golf. I got home at the end and Texas was on, you know, CBS with the March Madness. So I was kinda only going back yeah. to the golf during like commercials of the basketball game. All right.
0: It's tough to go up head to head with March Madness.
1: Well, yeah, and especially when it's, you know, my alumna my school that I went to is oh, playing, right? Right. We, gosh, we choked it off. Right. right. What, up mean, by twelve with like ten minutes left in the game we lost. Like well, right. what was we're feeling? dominating the game.
0: What was that feeling
1: like? Um, I I don't know. It's a fi- feeling that's all too familiar with <laughs> Texas sports right now. That's what the feeling is. Yeah. But you know what it's like here's the, here's the rest of my day. I don't know what the fuck happened to me last night. I like, how did, I haven't had tequila in forever. Like, it's been a long time. I used to be obsessed with tequila. Okay. So, got home from my son's baseball game. Danielle, my wife, she was cooking dinner. I was like, you know, I'm going to have a drink while I just start to watch the start of the Texas game, right? Uh huh. I, I, not even a big drink. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that like squeezes like a bunch of lime in there and leaves like two or three pieces of lime in there, and then bunch of ice, right? And then put a little tequila. 1942. I was living the life. So wait, why why did you just choose tequila? I, we were day? out of vodka, so oh, and I usually would drink no. vodka, and we were out, and I was like, oh shit. So I was like, I don't want to go to the store. I was like, well, I guess it's tequila, tequila day. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it, and night goes on, everything's good. Yeah. But I hit this thing at like fall asleep at like eleven thirty at a night and wife coughed or whatever woke me up mm-hmm. and i was up from that point on oh, no. and like anxious and i've had this before with tequila where it's like I, I don't know i never get into a deep sleep so i had one of those nights where i never uh, felt like i fell asleep i look at the clock every 30 minutes i was uh, restless so i'm tired as shit right now but I mean, I hopefully I'm not showing the signs. Do your I look okay? Am you look right? fine. Right, yeah. Good, you good, normally look good. this tired. So, Thanks. I mean, you're <laughs> good. Thank there's you. There's nothing
0: different about this, but uh, those are the worst nights. And then your Damn. heart's beating like you're like, am I, "Is my heart going like 100?" Well, yeah, you're like and you start to panic, too. You know, yeah. you get
1: the Sunday scaries, let alone yeah. the tequila whatever I got working and probably drank too much coffee late in the morning, too, which so it was like a triple whammy of gotta stuff. Watch the caffeine. Holy shit. But yeah. I mean, I was like literally just felt like i was wide awake and 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 i've i've had tequila do this to me one other time but i think i thought like oh it must have not been tequila i must mm. have had a coffee too late it's tequila but now, now it's the second time wow. and i've heard it's a thing uh, but yeah, it kept me up. It gave me like a boost, and and now I'm paying for it. Might be the last time that you drink. tequila. It'll be the last time, at least during a when I have work the next day. That's not happening. Uh, so you anymore. just called
0: up at three in the morning, called up Florio, and we we're like, we're doing the show right now. Get up, <laughs> let's <laughs> get go. To a camera, It's go time. Kristen's driving in early. <laughs> yeah, like right. I can't sleep. I had tequila. Uh, well, we'll see how this goes then. Wait, we'll see how it goes. Right. Maybe um, I need another tequila. So before we get into your rankings, let's let's ease into it then. Good. Right? All right, let's ease, ease. Ease into it. All right. Because I like to do this, and I've kind a deep dove yeah or deep dive yeah however you want to say it into the consensus rankings over the past few drafts i right. want to know how good we are at this whole thing right do we know what we're talking about yeah. like not you specifically Kinda. but the whole community <laughs> right of uh of prognosticators out there and so uh before we get into the wide receiver rankings before we get into some of the quarterback pro day video that Ooh, we'll look at later like on that too. So that's a deep tease yeah uh let's look at uh, last year in the draft class, it was a very good draft class. It was a good, good draft class. It I mean, really was. Had everything. One of the best on paper that we'll have for a while, maybe. Right. Drake London was the first taken. Then you had Garrett Wilson, number two, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, because of that injury, went uh, three to the Detroit Lions. And so I looked at some of the, um, the consensus there, and everyone was basically on the same thing. Like Drake London, you were a little lower on him. He was consensus number two, right. uh, he was drafted first. You know the
1: one yep, I had him as number three. It was a great round runner. Him as number I worried three. about his
0: overall explosiveness and speed. That was yep. the thing that bothered me a little bit. You had Jamison Williams, number one, yep. who went to the Detroit Lions. Didn't see him a whole lot. When we did see him after he recovered from the ACL, he, he looks little... dynamic and yep. explosive. Yep. We'll see where that goes. I think in the NFL community,
1: if you take injury away, Jamison Williams was the consensus number one. Yes. Um, but the injury was, a, of course, a major part of that situation, and teams didn't feel comfortable taking him right away.
0: So the big disparity, really. I mean, you were a little lower on Chris Olave than most, but not much. You had him fifth, and the consensus was fourth, and he was the third taken yeah, off the board. Yeah, I missed on the Ohio State kids here. Garrett Wilson, yeah. you did not have in your top five. Yeah. He was consensus number one. He was drafted behind Drake London. Yeah, I, you know, listen,
1: I, you know I, you know me. I'm always going to self-scout and admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong there. And I, I think where I got a little bit, You know, I got a little into, wait, you know, there's so much talent on the field. Yeah, they're pretty good route runners, but they're a little frail. And I just wasn't sold on their overall explosiveness. I think that's really where I was a little bit. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, uh, I know it's a name that's going to come up because I'm sitting here looking at the rundown right now, but I really thought that. You know, Garrett Wilson might be a little more Jerry Judy-ish, where it's like, Hey, he was really polished, he's a great runner, it's good great. And it'd be good in the NFL. You know, and it looks awesome in college, but I'm not sure it's going to be great in the NFL. Right. And obviously, I I was wrong there. He showed an ability to be more explosive than I had given him credit for. Yeah. And uh, had a great first year with the New York Jets. Well,
0: especially on an offense that was not very good. Exactly right. Quarterback situation that wasn't great throughout the whole year. And for him to still have that kind of a season was was very good. Exactly. for, For Garrett Wilson. Uh, I do want to give you some props and look at one other draft in the past year, 2020, which I think was very, very good for the Chris Sims unbuttoned. A podcast and you personally because i think you you basically nailed this um kristen i don't know if we have the uh the graphic for the the consensus versus sims versus what actually happened uh we do not uh 2020 so i'll just read it here though okay cool henry ruggs went first in that draft right. You had him third uh, third was kind of consensus there yeah and so everyone kind of thought the raiders reached on him unfortunately some unfortunate circumstances yeah, since then definitely I've seen him uh, not be in the nfl anymore here was the, the the big hit you had two big hits in this one basically Jerry Judy was the consensus number one wide receiver. He went second. You did not have him in your top five.
1: No. I made him – I think he was my number six, right? They were just – you know, again, I would, like how I just explained Garrett Wilson, I thought it was maybe all polished. I didn't know if I really believed in the explosive ability. You know, understood that he could be a guy that could have 80, 90 receptions on a football team. But I think you know me by now. I'm not necessarily always into Johnny Polish guy. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, I had
0: him a little lower than than you know most did that year, uh, and you were higher on one receiver by the name of Justin Jefferson, mm. who was the fourth best receiver, according to consensus, behind Rugs, Judy, and Ceedee Lamb, and you had him fourth. He was drafted as the fifth behind Jalen Rager, even yeah, in the right. draft. Uh, you had him as number two. You saw something which I th- I thought even oh here it is right now if you're watching on Peacock or YouTube. I thought it was interesting, too, because you watched him play in college with Chase, right. uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah, right. And I remember you, when you watched them both together, yeah. I think even at that time, like when Chase was a year younger, obviously, yeah. you go, uh, Justin is the best wide receiver on the field. And so you've been very high on Justin Jefferson for a very long time.
1: Love Jamar Chase. But, yeah, Jefferson just he has it all. He was, a, he was unique and, like, maybe not as explosive as Jamar Chase on the outside. But, you know, the knock on them coming out there was, oh, he played in the slot. He played in the slot. Right, Which is, this is what kills me about the draft. Because we're going to talk about another guy here in the receiver department in a minute ago where it's just going to be slot, but nobody cares. It's like, hey, he's awesome. It's a slot. Yeah. So this year it's cool, but that year it wasn't cool. That's where it drives me crazy. I can go on like with for instance, for instance, for instance on that throughout like last year this was a talking point in the negative. This year we're going to just swipe it under the rug and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so that drives me crazy. But um, my point with them is, yes, you saw enough even in the slot or outside slot okay great they still had a top corner on him and he was running a go route oh was he fast enough to beat that guy just like he would be on the outside so you saw enough of that let alone the route running the feel of where to sit and make yourself comfortable or or quarterback friendly he was really really special in that department he didn't have the Maybe the highlighty plays that Henry Ruggs had where he catch a slant and you're like, holy shit, look right. at him run down the middle of the field, 70-yard touchdown. Whoa. Nobody can run like that. Okay. But there was a whole bunch of 50-50 balls, great route run, great route running, great adjusting the ball in the air, beating people with speed, you know, being pass interfered with and not being letting it affect him because he was strong and big and still making the catch i mean he just had it all it just was that one little element that i think kept him from
0: being the top guy in everybody's eyes you were also a little higher on t higgins than the rest you had him as number five and Mm -hmm. he was the consensus six he was drafted seventh off the board in in 2022 um some off the radar guys you were higher on kj hamler oh i know you had him fourth yeah he was the eleventh consensus drafted as the tenth wide receiver off the board. He's shown some flashes. Well, he's sure. shown some flashes. He's hurt again though. Got yeah. hurt this weekend. I don't know if you saw that. He tore his that. pectoral. Oh, he's going to be wow. out for the next
1: four to six months. Well, I did not see that. So it's just been injury after injury for the poor guy. But yeah, I saw there and a guy that I thought maybe, you know, w- with him I just thought, whoa, this is a this could be a, a Marquise Hollywood Brown. You know, a Deshaun Jackson, just speed guy. That's yeah. what I loved about him. But he's never been able to stay healthy and kind of show that that type of talent that he has in that department. All right, so C.D. Lamb, right? C.D. Lamb him. was your number
0: one. Yep. Yeah, C.D. Lamb was your number one. He was consensus number two. He was third off the board, and he, yeah. I think he's starting to realize that. I mean, what did you see last year for C.D. Lamb? C.D.
1: Lamb is – I mean, he's really good. C.D. Lamb, there's only one element in his game that he misses, and that's like what we were just kind of talking about with Henry Ruggs. He's not going to catch a 70-yard touchdown slant, and we're just going to go, whoa. It's a little bit more along the lines of Justin Jefferson. I'm not going to say it's quite as good as Justin Jefferson, but size, great route running, enough speed to scare you deep. Right, plays tough, breaks tackles. I mean, really has it all. I mean, he has it all, except he's just not like the 80-yard bomb guy. That's it, and that's that's fine. You don't need to be that, but uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. Receivers, interesting, and it's about. You know what you need, and some teams approach it differently too, and that's what we're going to get into here too. Some teams like, hey, I like three receivers that are kind of all the same, right? So then you don't know what to expect from me, right? I, you know, think I think about like New England, Josh McDaniels. They had Amendola, Chris Hogan, and and Edelman, right? And you're like, my man, it's the same fucking guy, and they're just wearing a different number. Yeah, you know, I don't know who's going to run which one of the routes they would like to do all the time, but then there's also the element of. You know, some teams go, no, no, I want, like, three totally different guys. I want a Jamar Chase speed guy, and then I want a power forward T. Higgins who can post it up and, like, okay, he's covered, but he's never fucking covered. I can just throw it up to him, right? And then have a Boyd who's, like, in the middle, working in the middle of the field, and he's quick and a great route runner and precise. So, you know, it, th- that's where this can be a, a tough conversation. It's about what you need for your team, you know, what – attributes do you value if you got two speed guys you're probably going damn you know oh i don't know if i want the speed guy this year i'd like the guy maybe that's a little more well-rounded and run routes. so there's all of that that goes yeah. into this um and uh, man there's a lot of good receivers out there this class specifically this year this year the one we're talking about yeah maybe not the most superstar class we've
0: seen in recent years your boy l ray yeah says uh were you surprised by how good Wilson? Oh, that was about Wilson. But he goes. Yeah, do any of the top wide receivers in this class yeah. make it into last year's top well, five? Well, your
1: boy El Ray, you're right though. I, yes, Wilson uh, exceeded my expectations. Just so you know that for sure, and I, I think I explained that a little yep, bit already. Yep. Um, yeah, d- definitely do. You know, I, I think when we get into. The you top think, two guys here. Okay, you think they could have been amongst the best? I, they from would the last have been year. right in that conversation for sure. I'm not saying I would have made them one and two. Okay, but yeah, they would have been in this conversation. But last year's class was special. I mean, again, last year's class to to what you were talking about. You know, my, Christian Watson was my second favorite receiver, and he was most consensus consensus what. People's 8th or ninth receiver? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even mention that So, one. Yes. like, that's where, you know, hey, there, there's some guys even in this class that are going to be – got potential to be something
0: in the middle rounds yes. or second or third round. We'll see where that all goes. Well, it was a deep class last year because, yeah, you, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, you had Christian Watson second. He was consensus number eight last year, drafted seventh off the board. I think people saw what you saw in him as explosive game-changing yeah, real And there were a couple other guys. I mean, Sky Moore. Was not really in the consensus top ten. Or he was ninth, I guess. Yeah. He was drafted thirteenth off the board. And Romeo Dobbs was seventeenth consensus, nineteenth yeah. off the board. Right. So there's some value last year in some of those later round guys. And I think, Kristen, we have the the graphic of the kind of like some of those players and where exactly they went because we saw so many of them in the first couple of rounds. Um, and that just seems like a deep George Pickens in there as well. Alec Pierce, who you liked, saw some flashes from him, not a yeah. whole lot, but. Yeah. Um, but they're just—I mean, there's just a lot of guys. Which it seems like almost we had what six guys in the first round. You could have waited a little while and gotten well, yeah,
1: pretty decent players too. Definitely. I mean, we saw yeah, Christian Watson go in the second. Daubs, like you explained. I mean, we've had years where we've seen AJ Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, and and DK Metcalf all go in the second round. Yeah. Right. So where it's like, you know, again, production gets thrown into this. The stats for the receiver. The route tree, you know, how many limbs are off that? You know, how many different routes do they run? All that takes, you know, into consideration. Let alone look like what we were talking about. You know, some teams are looking for certain things because they go, oh, wait, we got the two big receivers, now we need the slot jitterbug. So it might end up, hey, Wandel Moore gets drafted earlier than you expect, or something <laughs> of that nature. But even look at last year. Just look at the the you know types of players we got there on this graphic. Drake London, big. Power forward type guy. Then you got Wilson and Olave, who are your speed, explosive play guys. Same with Jamison Williams. Dotson, kind of that way too. Maybe a little bit of the jitterbug aspect. Burks, more of your A.J. Brown type. Watson, a straight liner who's big and can fly. Then you get into the jitterbugs with Mechie and Robinson. And then Tyquan Thornton and George Pickens, you know, speed guys. Just Fly. Can run by anybody, that Alec Pierce who had a little bit of all of it. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's what's going to be interesting about this class here, and that's what I think is going to a lot of times dictate, you know, the first round too. Is just like, hey, the receivers, what do I have on my team, and what route are we going in that department, and and our vision there. Atlanta chose last year to go, hey, we're going big receiver because we got a big tight end, and we're just going to be a big football team. I think that's how they looked at it. So they were comfortable with that. There was a lot of teams last year that were like, what. You know, Drake London, he's definitely not one of my three best receivers. Yeah. You know, he didn't have enough explosive ability, but they valued the route running and the size. So his abilities were viewed as higher to them than, you know, maybe a team like. uh, Shanahan and the 49ers who might not like that type of guy right that's that's, so that, that's where this is always a great conversation
0: all right so yeah. we're about to get into the conversations about yeah, yeah. the 2023 draft class right you've kind of mentioned it a little bit so far what you look for but let's just crystallize it down into a, a, a kind of a couple bullet points here cool. so you're looking at wide receivers yeah what do you value? What are you looking for the most when you're looking at their college tape?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, one, I'm always, I'm always the guy that's a little bit more raw, explosive ability, right? That's the first thing I love to see, you know? I mean, can the guy, you know, what can he do? What can he do that's special? If you get up in his face and play man-to-man, right? The great, the great receivers I played with, Joey Galloways, Roy Williams at Texas, right? E. Kenny Britt, Brandon Marshall... I mean, it all started with the go route. Oh, oh they're playing bump man-to-man man on him? Oh, I, I hope the safety stays in the middle of the field because I'm throwing to him because nobody's as fast as that guy I'm about to throw to. So that's where it always starts, right? What do you have there? And then we go off of that. Where it's, yeah, size and strength, the ability to take some, you know, rubbing and some bumping as you're going down the field. Can you handle that while the ball's in the air? Can you handle that while you're running the route and the ball's not, not in the air, mm. you know? What are you doing after the catch, right? We're going to get into some guys here where I go, they don't burn people when they're running routes, but all of a sudden they get the ball in their hand and ankles break and they run by everybody. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I try, you try to bring it all together. And the number one thing, of course, is explosive ability, but it's not the end all be all. Then you can get into route running size, you know, feel. How do you set up a DB, right? You know, do they have a good feel and how to use their body language to be quarterback friendly? So those are a bunch of things I look at. It's not just one thing. And then yeah, unfortunately none of these guys have it all, right? So you gotta pick and choose a little bit and go, ooh, I value this one a little bit more than that one, and you try to pay you know, piece it together that way.
0: Some of the things you hear about these wide receivers from draft prognosticators is a uh, limited route tree yeah. or didn't show a whole lot of ability to get in and out of cuts. And, right. and sure. what you're saying is like some of that could be the offense, yes, right? Yes, sir, right. And some of that could be like this I, from everything i see from this guy he yeah. is a superhuman athlete right. i think he's going to be able to figure this out exactly right some of it you just got to go well, i don't think he's really been coached to run these routes like yeah but i've seen that he's
1: like you know, that's what i was arguing with dk metcalf that was what happened to him oh the production and the route tree and i want to go well okay let's see the production the quarterback sucked and the offense sucked so that was not his fault he was open all the time the route tree Okay, I don't know. I've seen the guy do everything in the world with the ball in his hand. I know I didn't see him run an in-cut, but I'm pretty sure with the highlight I saw before where he broke seven ankles and outran somebody, he can run to the white line and make a right-hand turn. I think he can do it. And it doesn't have to be the greatest in the world, right? So, yeah, you try to piece together. T. Higgins would be a perfect example. T. Higgins, too, was a guy where you went, oh, the route running's not all there. I wish it was just a little bit more aggressive and violent and sharp put your foot in the ground and explode out of the you know transition the break whatever right but one of the reasons i had a number five because i went you know what He's going to be able to do this because he'd catch a ball and I'd go, "Oh damn, look at him, use his wiggle there. Look at him, jam his foot in the ground there, and then accelerate." So he just needed to have somebody go like, "Hey, you got to get off the ball faster than that. This is, you ain't playing you know, in the ACC anymore. We can come off 80 mm-hmm. percent. Its just some of that stuff is needed. You to try to do your best to kind of piece it
0: together. Eisen Lucy DU1 says, "We know rocket's up there A. <laughs> means fast. <laughs> he you can't write those when he writes, reads the question. Yeah, I know, right? But how do you measure slowness? He goes, "How about the number of rockets up or rocks up there?" A? <laughs> <laughs> like up <laughs> the number the A. of rocks up rocks there. Rocks up
1: there? A? Yeah. 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 He's uh, got that's a, not bad. He's got a boulder up his ass. He can't really run. <laughs> it's, it's, something's weighing him down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good thought. Rockets I, or rocks. Rockets yeah. or rocks. Yeah, oh, that's good. Rocks in his shoes. Maybe we should say that rocks in your ass. I don't know if that sounds quite as good. So we'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah, but either that's way, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. and and you know, speed. Slowness is. Uh, Slowness is an issue when you're a receiver. If you can't separate or, you know, be creative in your route running or understand how to lean people, um, it's, it's going to be hard to make it in the NFL. That's for sure. You don't need to be the fastest guy, but then you better have some of those other things I just talked about to make up for it.
2: For the world's greatest athletes.
1: This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
2: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. To again. Good! for the United States. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock.
0: All right, so we've talked about tequila, not sleeping, red and orange, and hexagons and right. octagons, right. and all that stuff. All that stuff. Now it is time to get into your 2023 draft wide receiver rankings. We got Kristen back there running the show, Courtney running the show, Morgan here on the floor, Pete's flying back from vacation right what? now. So yeah, I mean, I didn't even know Pete was on out. vacation. I didn't like, know that either. What the fuck?
1: He just texted like, "I'm not going to be there. I'm flying back." Like, didn't like, even like, tell his friends. or Yeah, nothing. I didn't
0: know that was allowed. Honestly, what a to jerk. Be quite honest yeah, with you. But, uh, we're not friends anymore. We've got. The is under control we do and as we did with quarterbacks we're starting from the top right the number one and we're going to separate this by tiers again too so you got if a couple guys are somewhat similar we're going to put them in one tier drop down to another tier so it gives a little more context to what is in chris's head yeah so he's getting his notebook ready i'm ready we are going into tier one we're going to number one. one we're starting number with the best one According to Chris Sims, this is the best wide receiver yeah. in the twenty twenty-three draft class, and that wide receiver is. Can you believe that Boston College has uh, got a receiver that's yeah. vast and gonna be in the top of the draft? Pete couldn't believe it. I'm saying flowers. Up. Zay Number flowers.
1: one receiver for me in the twenty twenty three draft. Right. We got some good ones coming up to talk about, certainly. So it's no disrespect there to any of them. But you know, I think when you you take taken all things accounted here. Uh, for me, this is the guy. One, you know, the the position versatility as far as the receiver position, he can play inside or outside. You know, some of the best releases in the, in the draft are from Zay Flowers. His ability to get off the line of scrimmage, bump, all of that, you know, has creative ways in doing it, let alone he is pedal to the metal every play, every cut, everything he does. Right. It's hard not to watch him. And I'm seeing this question at the top here. Ooh, all okay. right. Let's read it. M-N-A- because I want to show you my notes because my notes have this the, both names that we're wow. having here. All right. And I'm going to just verify this so you can look. You're not making right? this I'm up. Not making it up. See that name there. right? I see that name. We're and about you to see re- that name right there. Wow,
0: okay, right. all right. So those
1: are, we're about, I don't even, and,
0: and Kristen didn't have my notes, so. No, she did not have your notes, it's, and and couldn't have read them anyway. Probably you know, not, right? Exactly the, right. The handwriting is so read. bad. That, yeah, no, she, she can read. Oh, she, she can? can okay, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she can read very well. She yeah, just said said she's goes going, home. going home. Yeah, this is, what, this is what happens, Kristen, when you're running the ship right here. Kristen, <laughs> you never know what he's going to say, uh, as she knows. <laughs> she's got to be the one responsible for what you do say and making sure they're bleeped out. MMA-born sender. Why is Zay Flowers the best wide receiver in the class, and why is he the second coming of Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown is in your notebook. It's it's hard not, and again, I know those are huge.
1: That's a huge name to throw out there, all right? But I, all I'm just saying is the the build, the style of running, the way the guy runs routes, I was sitting there, and literally like the fifth route, I was like, damn, this guy really reminds me of somebody's body language. I couldn't think of it. I can't think of it. I watched another few routes. Like, oh, I was like, this is going to sound ridiculous for me to write this. I think he looks like Antonio Brown. What? Okay. Only a Hall of Famer, first ballot guy. Yeah, But, um, yeah, he's, he is like an unbelievable route runner, along with the explosive athlete we talked about, smarts, tough, and then has the weapon aspect. You know, there's that too where the reverses and the speed sweeps and all of those type of things are all going to be into a play. So you're really getting a 3 and one here with speed burner on the outside can run by you for a 70-yard bomb. Speed burner on the outside can run a 6-yard slant, catch it, run by everybody, make somebody miss for a 70-yard bomb. Slot receiver inside, got great coverage, got a two-way go. He's got to be smart, got to read the coverage, got to run a really you know detailed, intricate route. He can plant his foot in the ground and burst and accelerate out of that, out of that break as good as anybody in this draft. He's phenomenal that way. So yeah, I wrote Antonio Brown. I wrote Jalen
0: Waddle. Oh, there's another name, right? Yeah, so let's that, look that's at Those the that. guys
1: he reminded me of as I
0: as I continued to watch him. So Zay Flowers is five nine, one eighty two. He does turn twenty three in September. You don't mind older recruits, you know, I, a, yeah? again. Well,
1: it's the same thing I said the other day. I, when don't we start? When did this become like? I want to make sure when I roll over at fifty five, he's still handsome in bed with me, like, mm. matter. It's a four year rental. Yeah. And then you'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's not coming over to your house. He's playing football for you. Yeah. Exactly you right. Not to exactly. worry about You're that. You're not
1: spooning with him in the bed. We're just we're just yeah.
0: getting him for football for a few years. So we do have a comparison to Jalen Waddle yeah. because their height, their weights very similar, arm length. So we got Jalen Waddle is just his arms a little bit longer, which maybe one of the slight knocks on Zay Flowers is that he doesn't have that catch radius yeah. that some of the other wide receivers obviously right. have that are bigger. But man, oh man, I did not I did not realize how close they were and how similar they right. were and now this is a type of receiver too you got Jalen Waddle you've got, got Devonte Smith you've got um, Chris Olave sure very similar yeah watching them on the football field I'm always a little concerned yeah I was like oh, they're, they're small they're right. small dudes there's a lot of big dudes who run fast and hit hard right um, but this is becoming obvious that in the NFL these kind of guys with this body work definitely they're just so quick and twitchy
1: that they can avoid some of those hits and then even like that is like this they got a little more meat on them than even like a Chris Olave or a Garrett Wilson. They do. Right? Who are taller than these guys are, but weighed them around the same weight. Yeah, that's a good that point. A little, right? So that's the other part of the game that I really liked about this kid. Because you brought up the great point. Like his catch radius is not its not spectacular. It's not ideal for what we want in the NFL. But, you know, I, the other thing is yeah, he's not going to be wide open against everybody he plays against. Especially not in the NFL. And you can see when he's down the field and people are pushing on him or the ball's in the air and people are trying to grab him. He's got incredible play strength. Incredible. So, you know, these guys are little balls of dynamite. Balls of muscle really is what they are. And they have great, much greater strength than their body, you know, shape or measurables would, would, uh, you know, therefore
0: kind of tell us. I think we have some evidence of that as well. He has apparently put on 13 pounds of muscle he did this for the combine so if you're watching he was 170 on the left there and on the right look at that he is and he's jacked. much happier too oh, and he's wearing no shoes <laughs> so yeah. much has changed about him in that photo Ooh, on the right oh man
1: that is uh yeah that is ripped see that that's nfl big time receiver type body right there it's just muscles on muscles on muscles He's not worried about his calorie intake on a daily basis. I can tell you that much.
0: <laughs> he was so much sadder as a one seventy pound man. Oh, yeah, just...
1: right. Well, now he's going. Damn, I'm eating Big Macs and and French fries, and I'm not. I'm just getting powerful and faster. But yeah, you know, plays bigger than than what you know what what his measurables will say. And then, like I told you, the explosive ability, the violence in which he runs routes, comes off the ball with. Um, his start-stop ability, like double moves, it's as good as you're gonna see. I mean, it is. So this is one where I'm. I, to me, he's a top 20 pick. I think he's. I would. I would think he's somewhere in between the 10 and 20 range. I don't know if that's gonna happen. This is one where again we're gonna go. If this guy's on Alabama, he's definitely gonna be a top 10 or 12 pick because he was in Boston College. We're gonna have some of the questions that you we talked about, and made fun of a sure. few minutes ago, where you overanalyze. Oh, it's production. Oh, you know this team. Oh, the quarterback. Oh, all this kind of stuff is gonna weigh into this. But for me, yes, this is the number one receiver in the draft.
0: Yeah, he grew up in Fort Lauderdale. Was not a highly recruited guy, a three-star recruit. Yeah, went to NSU University School, whose notable alumni include Mike Jets White, legend right? Mike White. Right. Uh, then went four years at uh, at BC, but yes, yeah, set records while he was there. And uh, that is a, a Power 5 conference. Uh, we do have some video of him at his Pro Day. And I don't yeah. know if you saw it. I this did not. I'm this. this is good. All right. So here, here but he is so, running. So
1: this is, this is what I mean, though. Go just rewind this if we can. Just one real quick. I'm sorry to do that to everybody or if you can restart it. But, you know, first off, before we even start here, I want you to watch. He's a phenomenal of changing speeds, right? Like kind of come off, look like he's about to, like, maybe slow down and make a break. And then he... Flies really fast and then hits the brakes and then makes a cut and then reaccelerates. It's very hard for DBs to cover that and restart and stop and stop. And so go ahead and, l- and play it, Kristen. Thank you so much. But see, he's really crafty in his releases off the line of scrimmage. You could see how he can jam his foot in the ground and then come out and be explosive out of a break and really never lose speed sometimes, even when he's making a ninety degree turn. Um, But that's the thing I like. And then, you know, you'd hear me talk about body language, knowing how to set up DBs, right? You know, body language is important, one, for the quarterback. You start to get used to, oh, when he does this, I know he's about to make a break. Or when I see him do this, I know he's about to break down and then chop his feet and come out of the break. Mm -hmm. So that's important. But that body language also goes into getting the DB to back off you a little bit. And that's where he was really good, too. So, you know, it could be somebody – you know, you're the DB and I'm him and you're covering me there and you're a little on my outside shoulder. He's really good at kind of like, oh, you want to play outside of me? Oh, keep going outside. I'm going to push you outside. Oh, now I'm going to lean my head that way. And then, bump, and then fly inside. And you go, well, damn, now he's open by seven yards and it's a, it's a big play. Yeah. I it- love the kid. He plays faster than his 4-4-2 speed too. That's the Ooh. other thing I wrote down. Well, I would have thought he was in low 4-3s, mid 4-3s for sure. With what you watch on film.
0: All right, so here's a, here's a, a con. <laughs> a weakness, perhaps. Sure. Something that's being pointed out by people who are not as high cool. on Zay Flowers. <laughs> Let's hear it. Drops were an issue for him at times.
1: Yeah, yeah I could see that. I, I mean, there is some drops that show up. To me, so his drops aren't I-can't-catch-the-ball drops, right? There, there's a difference. Not all drops are created equal, sure. as we like to say. Yeah. His drops are... I want to rip the ball out of the air so quickly because I'm trying to go to the house. I'm trying to break ankles. I'm trying to split these defenders. So when you watch those, they're not like, I don't look at it and go, oh, they're drops where he's focused in on the ball and it's just hitting him in the face, right? It's more like he's running a crossing route and he's trying to rip it and he's already looking upfield. They're concentration drops. So I don't look at it as a hands problem. I look at it more as just, hey, dude, Chill out. Watch the ball come in. You're punny, fast, and explosive. You'll be able to locate that defender and still make a miss. Don't worry. But that, that, to me, there's a difference there than in, oh, I saw him run seven slant routes with nobody open, and he just kept dropping. it. You know what yeah. I mean? There, there
0: is a difference in those type of drops. No Boston College wide receiver has ever been drafted in the <laughs> top three rounds. <laughs> the slow white school of Boston College,
1: where we only make offensive linemen. And every now and then, a diamond in the
0: rough comes, and we have a fast receiver. Who's in the middle of the first round? Do, we have, do you have the draft? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, oh. like in the, like, no, like the teams, oh, what teams selecting. Are in the, oh, I, didn't, I don't Sorry, have them up. Just, yeah. But you want me to look or let me did see? Do we want to talk more about the white, white players in that uh, Boston <laughs> College? Of, <laughs> I moved on it's very funny. quickly. Yeah, I, I
1: could see that. It made you uncomfortable, <laughs> almost as much as the A word did. <laughs> All uh, right, let's go. We can go to the next one.
0: No, so I'm saying if you're a team oh, yes. in the middle of the first round, sure. like I don't know if there's any wide receiver needy teams here. Like who are you who are you looking at where he could go off the border if they're on the clock. You're like, "Oh, this could be yeah. Zay Flowers if they like him as much yeah, as you
1: do." Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I mean, okay, so you know, in the middle there, you got the Jets, the Patriots, the Packers, the Commanders, the Steelers. I don't know if any of those are looking for receivers right or your or your lions yeah i don't yeah. know if that's happening i don't think so that was basically 13 through 18 now the bucks at 19 they might they could be a team and they just start thinking about refreshing their receiver room a little bit yeah i don't think that's not crazy there i think that's is maybe where you know you can get into this the bucks at 19 the chargers at 21 the ravens at 22 right you, know, you got the Giants at 25, the Cowboys at 26, so maybe that's realistically where we're saying we think he's going to end up. Because you're right, it doesn't look like in the middle part of the round there's a lot of receiver needy teams, mm. unless Houston, maybe at 12, maybe they want to do that. And again, like I told you, you know, I, I Waddle was the sixth pick of the draft. Again, I think if you put this kid on Alabama with all those team kids around him, we'd be thinking this kid is a higher regard yeah. uh, than what he is. But, uh, yeah, I really like him and
0: my number one receiver. So you like him. Another team may like someone else. And you have also in tier number one. Yeah. So Only two guys in tier one Only for two guys in tier one. So he shares this with Zay Flowers from Boston College, your number two wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft class is Jackson Smith
1: and Jigba. Yes, um, man. He is interesting. He really is. He's not the prototypical guy Chris Sims would usually love and make the number two guy. You know, as you know, I'm, I'm kind of a horror for speed. I like speed, speed, speed. This guy just at the pro day a few days ago at ohio state ran four or five at a pro day it's probably a four six why do you say that i always add a tenth because the combine's a laser finish it's laser so it's it's more strict it's a slower time than johnny on the side just hitting it with his thumb right yeah Yeah. right
0: so that that and, and, and as a Michigan guy too, I wouldn't put it past Ohio State to make it thirty. Uh, yeah, of course right? you would. Whatever. Your coach is Jim yards. Harbaugh, who knows yeah. what you guys do. Oh, okay? We're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thirty seven and a half. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but either way, so listen, the speed is not blazing that way. But when you turn on the film, you go, Okay, the speed's good. It's good. But what's off the charts insanity good is the guy's like quickness and route running and wiggle and his ability to break angles and all of that is like insanity it's insanity his ability to come off the ball and kind of be going like 70 percent, and then almost jump in the air at like the six yard mark and then you go wait he's jumping and I don't know if he's about to go in or out you can't tell it's like Allen Iverson with an unbelievable crossover dribble right that's who he is So he's got this unbelievable ability to change directions and then really accelerate in a hurry. Now, like I said, his top-end speed isn't that great, but his ability to accelerate and get to that top-end speed, that happens in like two steps, right? And then you add on a guy that's got like kind of running back legs a little bit. He's got a thickness to his legs. I mean, he's got an awareness and an instinct about him as far as route running or sitting in zones. That's you. It just shows on film. And then his ability after the catch is, is fucking insane. It's insane. The first guy never tackles him. He breaks arm tackles. He breaks ankles. And then as I said, you know, as a route runner, there's times where I go, I wish he would separate a little bit better. I don't know if I could trust him on the outside all game long against top tier corners in football. Right. I don't. I, I worry about that. But having said that, here he is. If he catches a ball over the middle for 15 yards, that same guy's covered him. He fucking runs away from him. He's like one of these weird guys that when the ball's in his hand, he gets another gear that he doesn't have when he's just running routes. Like there's so many plays where you go, oh, he's not going to turn the corner. He can't turn the corner. Holy cow. Whoa. oh, He turned the fucking corner. Oh, my gosh. He can't go to the house here. He's not going to go to the house here. They're going to catch him. Holy shit, he scored. Like, there's just – it's amazing. Yet, you know, you could see him run a go-route against that same guy five plays earlier and go, he didn't run by him. He couldn't stack him. He couldn't even, like, pull away. You know, so that's where it's different. It's different to have this type of guy, but size, strength, route-running ability, you know, yak ability, yards after catch, all of that is just, like, top-notch. And then there's there's spots for guys like this in the NFL. You don't have to always be the outside, you know – outside type like just go-to receiver that way yeah you can find a role and make a guy a go-to guy in the slot and work him in that way too it's different than 20 years ago and that's where he fits Do you have a current comp to him in the nfl <sighs> he was hard right like he's i, I wrote he was he's jarvis landry that's that's kind of the guy he reminded me coming out. Where Jarvis Landry was a little that way for me too, where I was like, Man, I wish he would separate a little bit running routes, but damn, when he gets the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. watch out. Right? That's how I feel. But I honestly to a greater version than Jarvis Landry. You know, I, I think he's better than Jarvis was coming out of college. Now, the issue is and this is one where like, you know, again, I just go off the film. I know that. But Fuck he didn't play a year because so, of a hamstring
0: injury. So that's the thing, right? And that's he,
1: scary to me. That is really really scary to have a wide receiver have a year-long hamstring issue and you might draft him what, top 15, top 20? That's scary. Put yourself in the
0: GM shoes, right? Could you could you risk that? That's tough. That's where the interviews come to play, that's right? Exactly that's right. where we're at a little bit of a disadvantage because we don't have that, everything, We don't right. have that information on him. Yeah, just played 3 games in 2022 due to a hamstring injury and who knows as the year went on. I mean, you would hope that if he was available to play and, and able to play because they were in the, you know, they're playing Georgia there and they're playing on New Year's Eve. Yeah. You'd, you'd hope that he would want to play in those games. Sure. But at the same time, knowing right. he's one of the top prospects in the uh, NFL and the wide receiver class here too. But the year he did play was amazing. And, and he did it in high school too. He was a five-star recruit in northern Texas, had like uh, 2,000 yards receiving. He had 35 touchdowns as a senior in high school. I'm in not Texas, I, I mean, I'm we're not t- shocked. T- it's yeah. not Rhode Island, and nothing against Rhode Island. No, but apparently
1: it is against their football. Yeah, yeah.
0: as you're saying. And the one year that he did play, <laughs> yeah. he was awesome, yeah. and he was on the team with with Olave and Wilson, and he outproduced both of those guys, and yeah. he had 300 and something yards in the Rose Bowl game. I, I know. So it's, it's like that one year was basically it was it didn't like come out of nowhere it was like you know, this guy's a stud he's a five star recruit and we saw it on I, the field but it was just it. one year it was just one year
1: and then there's an injury concern you're right and then there's there's that and you know the cool thing is what you saw too though you got to see him in a role that I think is really what he's going to be in you know he had two NFL receivers on the outside and he mm-hmm. got to be the slot yeah and that's so there's not a lot of guessing here
0: we have his numbers too Kristen if you want to throw yeah. those up on that yeah, year that they all ahead, did play together. Uh, with Wilson and and Olave, and yeah, it was 1,600 yards for Smith and Jigba, and it was over 1,000 for Wilson, and it was almost 1,000 for Chris Olave.
1: Yeah, well, you know, those guys are good route runners, obviously, but small, you know, slighter of frame and more, you know, speed guys. This guy is really about as high level of a route runner you're going to see in college football. You know, the things I talked about with Zay Flowers, like he has, you know, all of that. But even he's even slicker or craftier with it. you know, his ability to attack leverages. I already talked about the route running, but the changing of speeds, all of that. that's where he's really special. And then even though he's not real real fast, his his suddenness, right and and I you know again, I hope I'm explaining this is a day where I probably need to stand up to show some of this stuff. Oh, no. but I'm not gonna. but his suddenness is just again, it goes into the the changing of the speeds where, He can, hey, he's kind of running, but all of a sudden it's just, and he just breaks down so fast, and he puts his foot in the ground and then can just come out of that break because of the strength he has in his legs and creates separation there, even though in the straight part of the route he didn't separate. That's where, you know, he becomes special. And then, like I said, with the ball in his hands, he's pretty amazing. But releases are phenomenal. He's strong as hell. You know, he really is. He's got incredible play strength. He's another guy just like Zay Flowers where the bumping, the pushing, he's not affected by that when you see him down the field running a post route or a deep cross or any of that. Yeah.
0: And that's going to be necessary in the NFL. He's a bigger dude, too, 6'1", 196. Right. Uh, maybe you don't need to stand up because we do have video of his pro day oh, as good. well. So good. maybe this will show what you're talking about with Jackson Smith in Jigba. You can see pro day he's got a lower Ohio cut State. waist, right? Like okay. he doesn't
1: have real long legs. He's got more of a torso so than you would see for more most receivers but that's probably the reason why he's also great at changing directions right so that that's where he is and that's this is where he's gonna live right down the middle you see that ball by cj stroud that was (laughs) nice um yeah but but uh you know again it's it's gonna be hey ten yard in cut you know five yard option route you know oh he's looks like he 's running the middle of the post middle post from the slot route oh boom he's he turned on the brakes and ran the slot twenty yard out route you know, that 's where he 's going to be really good, let alone like I said hes is going to be the king of we threw a ball seven yards over the middle and he made two guys miss and we got 14 yards that's where he's also going to be great bubble screens all of that type of stuff he blocks in the run game so you know my only concern is this hamstring thing like we talked about and lack of overall top end speed you know but at the same time i think this is a guy that's primarily going to be in the slot you know and be that guy that comes behind the line of scrimmage and catches the ball on a bootleg, option yeah. routes, bubble screens, you know, other wide receiver screens. And then he can be a weapon guy because of his size and strength and
0: ability to make people miss. Sauce Sayini says, do you take someone like JSN in the first round if he doesn't have elite speed? And to add that hamstring injury from last year. Yeah. well, Is that's... he a first-round guy? Like if you're end of the first round. Yeah. And you're a team.
1: Yeah. I think he's got he's really gonna be viewed as higher than that. It's just gonna be about the medical. He's a man. And it's the defined role in the NFL that we know is a yeah. real thing now. So it's no longer like, Oh, well, he can't play outside, so we lose his value. It's just like, no, he's a fucking awesome slot. It doesn't change anything for us. Just like Jalen Waddell did for the most of the year for the, the Dolphins and was the number six pick of the draft.
0: But you know, that makes sense. It's almost like a a pass fail. If you're a team that you're convinced that the medical issue is not an issue, he could be maybe a top ten guy. He
1: I, I think you. so. I think he could be top fifteen ish there. Yeah. I think he's gonna you know NFL's gonna love his strength and his route running and it's just like I talked about, his craftiness. He's a safe bet from that angle, other than it's a hamstring injury mm-hmm. and running's kind of important for a receiver. Yeah. You yeah. know, but you know and and two uh, who who asked that question? Was that Sauce or Yeah, Sauce Yeah. Saini. Uh, well, you know the other question he asked here?
0: What? About, is, he had two
1: questions in oh, here? Oh, the 40 times or the three-cone drill. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, he did have a two-parter in here. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. Because I, I don't know what his three-cone drill was. I got I even, it. So you, you do worry. have
1: it. I do. I write these things down as I start to watch the film because these three-cone is the one that to me that is very relevant to the wide receiver conversation. So was his – did he have a good three-cone number off the charts it was very good like you would expect it you know you'd watch film on him and go man the way his hips and the way he can plant his foot in the ground he's got to have the greasiest fucking three-cone drill that he ever i mean he bet bet you didn't have to break stride this guy knowing him and yeah he ran a six five seven that's like insanity yeah you know so uh yes was it laser timed though well (laughs) but that and his his twenty-yard shuttle are insane. His twenty-yard shuttle is three nine three. Yeah. So that shows incredible ability to stop, restart, accelerate. Yeah. On both of those, three cones has a little bit more of the hip element, and his hips are awesome. Like and I so talked about. So for the kind
0: of receiver that he would be in the NFL, those That's are probably you more important exactly for him. Exactly right. Exactly right.
1: Right. If you were, you know, if it was more like Christian Watson last year, I don't really give a shit about his three cone drill that much. When you can run like that and you have that size, you don't have to worry about being the sharpest cutter in the world, because everybody's so scared of you running by them that they're going to back off anyways. And then when you stop, if you got an extra step or two in there, you're still going to be open. This guy can't afford that, you know, because there's not that speed. So he's got to be able to stop and be sharp and concise and reaccelerate and all that. And he's got it. I I like him. It's just uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes and where he falls in this process. For the
2: world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. A world again. for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris
0: Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. We close the book on Tier 1 tier one tier one is closed we open up the door to tier two hello tier two your number three wide receiver in the 2023 draft class is quentin johnson tcu that's right
1: the big guy number one um first off now he's different than these other two guys right you know, if you're looking for route runner and guy that can do all these intricate things that way, well, then Quentin Johnson's not your guy. He's not your guy. But if you're looking for some guy to line up at the X receiver on the line of scrimmage and go, wait, we need you to be a big body down the field presence for us, play after play after play, then Quentin Johnson's your guy. That, that's who We're, we're talking T. higgins this year, right? Uh. It's that kind of guy. T. Higgins-ish with, I think, more explosive ability than T. Higgins had coming out. I'm not sure if I see the total route running potential that I saw with T. Higgins, but what this guy has is he can catch the six-yard shallow cross and run 80 yards for a touchdown, right? He can, you know, T. Higgins could run by you, but this guy can, like, really run by you to where you can go, whoa, you bump this guy, he gets off the line, it's see you later, strike up the band, it's going to be a 70-yard bomb, Right. And then his ability, like the catch radius stuff you talked about, his ability to jump. It's a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. Plus, he's 6'3", and his arms look like they're ridiculously long. So with all of that, yes, that's why I'm going to say he's the number three. He's a Drake London-ish from last year, except he doesn't have the route running Drake London is. He has more of the straight speed that we didn't see from Drake London. Right. But that, that body type, that's what I was trying to say with that comment right there. Yeah. Um, so there's some work to be done. You know, the route running's not exactly how you'd like it. Right. It's a limited route tree. But for what he is, I don't need to see him run post corner post or, you know, Like the most intricate in-cut I've ever seen in my life. No, his game is going to be more predicated on what we talked about before, right? Run a go route, jump balls. Oh, you're covered. I'm going to throw you a back shoulder ball. Oh, they're so scared of you running the go route. Now you run a slant route. You catch it. You run. You break a tackle. You run for a 70-yard touchdown.
0: That's what he is. He's different than the other two guys we've talked about in that way. So, And he seems like a perfect target in the red zone, 6'3", 208 pounds, big dude. Um, I'm reading this on NFL.com. Yeah. It says he grabbed just six of Max Duggan's 32 touchdown passes, though, in 2022.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know, again, it's it's. I wouldn't read too, too into that. They had some other good receivers. They spread the ball around. He was, like I said, he lines up pretty much in one place the whole time. You know, the NFL, you know how it is with these guys. They'll know how to use them more specifically to what makes sense for them and get the most out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, TCU – they, yeah, they're in the shotgun a lot, but the offense is pretty basic. It's not like you sit there and go, oh, whoa, this is cool play. You just go over there in the shotgun, but this is a basic play. They're just in the shotgun, and they make you think, oh, whoa, this is spread. Watch out. Um, but that's all there because you yeah. get to see plenty of jump up at the 50-yard line or at the 45-yard line. It's not in the end zone and him moss people or go get balls where you go, holy shit, look at him go up and get that one. Right? So that's where I really like him.
0: Yeah, it's a dual threat, you know, because he has the speed, two to separate once he gets open. I saw it in the Michigan game firsthand, where it's just like he caught a little hook, and then boom, he was gone. No one was catching him. He caught
1: that shallow cross, right? That was it, yeah. And he kind of like did the old okey-doke where he kind of like slowed up for a second and the guy was like oh well, he's gonna cut back and then he went nope i'm gonna hit the gas burners again and he went up the sideline and nobody even came close to him
0: pff says he's one of the most physically impressive wide receivers in memory so. he, he,
1: he is and, and that's where you know like i said you don't see a lot of the route variety you know it's hard to get a real feel for how he is in that department so you got to kind of piece it together like we talked about earlier in this you know but Going back to the T Higgins things, right? He shows the ability to change direction with the ball in his hands. See, those are the little things I glean into a little bit yeah. to go. Oh, wait, a he'll be able to run a route. He he made that guy miss there. He can do that, right? And then he has better feet, quickness, suddenness than most people with his size over the years. You know, those taller, longer guys, the Kelvin Benjamins of the world, all that kind of guy, right? He's got a little bit more of an explosive element to him than the normal. T. Higgins guy or whatever. It's even more than T. Higgins, who I I love. And then the other thing too is, you know, the one-on-one coverage, you know he's gonna be a handful. Um even when he's covered, you don't care. And then he whoa, pass interferences. That's the other thing that you notice when you watch him. He draws a lot of pass interferences because he, if he gets by you at clean of the line of scrimmage, he's gone. So people hold. Or, of course, the 50-50 jump balls. He's so big that DBs are like, shit, I can't get in there and get close to the ball. So they end up grabbing him and tackling him. So he's uh, kind of a magnet for that as well.
0: 19 yards per catch at TCU. So once he got it, and either if it was a deep ball or making the run after the catch, he was able to do both of those things. I think we have the measurables here for Quentin Johnson. Kristen, if you can pull that up, we've got the, what is it, the octagon, right? This is a true octagon. I eight think sides,
1: you're right. Right? Yeah. No. Let's see. We got one, two, three, right. four. I think we got seven. Oh here. no! So what's what a seven?
0: That? It's a new gone.
1: I don't know. Damn. Septagon. Kristen, do you know? Is a septagon? I think you're right. I think it's a septagon. I
0: think you're right. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. That, I don't was, know where that, that was deep was. in your schooling. Is it a hectagon? Is it eight sides? Oh, heptagon. Heptagon. Heps. Hept. Oh, wow. but it should be septagon. Damn. Why would? It, why would they change it?
1: verse and? gone. We don't know what we're talking
0: about, uh, but we do see that he has filled up basically whatever type of gone that is. He's filled it up with, with red because his measurables <laughs> yeah. are, are off the chart. Wingspan 96 percentile. That's pretty crazy. And arm length. So he does have that catch radius. Yes, he does. Uh, but scarecrow boat has a concern. Okay. I he like goes, scarecrow. Do you, do you worry that Quentin Johnson could be the second coming Ooh, of Kevin White? That's so a, That's a good one. I why hear is he, why is he comparing those two players? You
1: know, I, I Kevin White um, it's it's a good one. I think there's a little bit more into this player than Kevin White. You know, Kevin White, I don't think could run routes quite that same way, and did not have the same physical presence this guy did as far as jump balls uh, and being able to use his body that way. Kevin White was a little bit of like he was the combine blew it up. Ran really fast. He's tall as hell. But when you turn on the film, you were like, oh, he doesn't really play that fast. And mm. he doesn't really use his size all that good. This is all just potential and combine related. You can see it on the film with this guy. You know, I get to see plenty of that. So, you know, uh I, I don't have that same concern. I, you know, Kevin White was the same year Omari Cooper came out. And I was like, this isn't even close. I don't understand that. Anybody listening to me in my Bleacher Report days know, knows I said that. Um But, yeah, and I also think this is just a bigger human being. Like, Kevin White was one of those tall, thinner, you know, frame, kind of skinnier hip type of guys. This guy is like NBA's power forward, square shoulders, you know, comes down into, you know, hips and then gets out to a good pair of legs, too. It's not just lean and skinny. You know, there's some muscle to this guy as well. Uh, so that's what I really like about him. But, no, I think we got more potential here than
0: than Kevin White. You're going to see his name in the top three of a lot of lists out there. You'll see Jackson Smith and Jigba. You'll see Zay Flower. So uh, that's not super unconventional so far.
1: No, but, but this is where we're going to get a little unconventional. Here we go.
0: It? We're going Sims. We're going on button style here. Also in Tier 2, so in the same tier with Quentin Johnson. Yeah is your number four wide receiver in the 2023 draft class. Yes, sir. And that sir. wide receiver is?
1: Well, Michael Wilson from Stanford. Okay. Okay. And, yes, I think that this name, if you're just getting into the draft process, is gonna you're going to go, who or what? Or, you know, whoa, I haven't heard his name that high. Uh, I think if you've already dove, dove into some film and, you know, have seen the receivers a little bit, you're going to go, well, I'm not shocked to hear him say this just like you. You watch some high. You told me before the podcast. You watch some highlights of yes. these
0: receivers over the weekend. I fancy myself as a little bit of a connoisseur. I hear receivers. you. You've got a and good I, eye for it. I saw Jahan Dotson last year, and I was like, that guy's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I you're like, I got to talk He's one of my favorites. So I got guys that I just like. You know, right. I don't know their value or where they're going to sure. go. Sure, but they're just you watch their highlights, and you're like, man, that guy looks different. Yes, right. And I saw that with Jackson Smith and Jigba with some of the things you saw. Right, and then for. Michael Wilson. I was like, oh, this will be good. Sims yeah. won't talk about him. He won't be in his top five. Thought you were going to catch me off. I was guard just like, this here, is huh? a guy that I think should get some love because you watch his highlights. And, <gasps> and then I send my top five list, and you were like, oh shit. I was like, dang it, that was my guy. Um, but I, he he does pop. He just hasn't played a whole lot. I know. It's like the Smith and Jigba thing, right? A yeah. little. It's just so.
1: Like, if you watch film itself, you go, there's no doubt this is one of the three or four best receivers in the draft. There's no doubt. There's nothing he doesn't do that's top-notch. The one thing you can look at him and go, "Oh, that might be an night. He ran a 4.58 in the combine at the 40. He plays way faster than that, way faster than that. I mean, I didn't see anybody that he couldn't run by. You know? So, you know, there's that. But then I think with the element you're talking about, too, one is body, right? He's got, like, one of those bodies where you go, Damn. I don't know what he is, but he
0: just looks good. Six two, two fifteen. Right?
1: It's just it, it's 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 unbelievable legs. He's got pretty rocked up arms, and then you watch and you go, whoa, the explosive ability, like I just talked about to run, and then you go, whoa, the fucking dude can cut on a dime. Right? I mean, that's the thing that when I first, that first started to watch, I was just like, holy crap, like, you know, again, I use the word violence and the cuts. And see, that's to me what Zay Flowers and Jigba and this kid had was they just it's like I'm going into this break and I'm going to break my damn leg. I'm going to plant it so hard in the ground and I'm going to break the other one because I'm going to come out of the break so hard and try to run so fast. I know I'm not I'm being silly, but you know what I'm trying to say where there's just a real aggression. And then all the other things we talked about with route running as far as body language, understanding how to set people up, changing speeds, all of that, they were all great. But the physical specimen's real, let alone the refined things you like to see in a receiver are real too. And he can be another guy that can be inside or outside, I think, because he's got the pure size and strength and speed to beat you outside, but it has the route running, and it looks like the smarts to be that slot guy that
0: you know, catches your eye as well. Was a four-star recruit out of high school in L.A. When he was healthy in 2019, he led Stanford in receiving. They don't, Stanford wasn't very good over yeah. these past couple of years. They've yeah. been a little bit down, so those numbers don't necessarily pop. But, yeah, the concerning thing is he missed the final two games of 2020 and yep. the first eight games of 2021 with a foot injury and then missed the final six games of this past year with an undisclosed injury. However, he did play, and he did shine at the Senior Bowl. And so that is perhaps helping him as he moves into the draft here. But the same questions that we had with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. A team's got to feel comfortable with the medical on this guy. He's a first-round receiver from film. He's a first-round receiver. There's no doubt about that.
1: But, yeah, those are some... Those are some tough injuries when, yeah, your ass is on the line and you're going, wait, I need a receiver that can help me right now and hopefully the next three to four years. Wait, am I going to take the guy who's missed some time in each of the last three years? That's a hard thing to do. You know, but, yeah, he's – love his body and – you know, even with the 4.58 speed, a little bit like in Jackson Smith and Jigba, where I go, first off, his speed looks faster than this, as you heard me say.
0: Well, let me give you something to yeah, help back you ahead. up on that, too, because Pete's put it here in the rundown, or Kristen, or Courtney. I don't know who to give this credit to at this point, but uh, it does show up that we do have a 10 yard split for him, even though he ran the 4.58.
1: He 40, ran which the is one the 20s, five like split. One five right? ten yeah. yard split. Right. So that's in
0: the eighty-seventh percentile. Yeah. So right off the line of scrimmage, exactly he's explosive.
1: Exactly. That that's and that's a big deal to me, the split. You know, because that that makes up for maybe not having the top end speed. The other thing, do, and the split is like it's his ability to come out of a break, right? It's that acceleration again. Okay, he chopped down, now he's at a break. Okay. Well, he can get out of the get out of the box, get out of the hole when he wants to really turn it on. And that's where he's really good. That's where I wrote, you know, one, he plays faster than that four, five, eight. But also because of the great acceleration and the great releases, you know, that lack of, oh, I wish he was a hair, hair faster, it doesn't matter. But I can't even say, Ahmed, you know, Smith and Jigba, I had some plays where I went, oh, I wish he was a little faster. I never said that with this kid. I never was like, if If I didn't know his 40 time before I watched film, I would have gone, he runs 4 four four four, four four five the way he runs. That's what I would have thought. You know, he has no problem stacking receivers. He gets off the line of scrimmage. He gets on top of not receivers, sorry, the D B to where they're stuck behind him. And now he's in the position of power. He's really good and stuff like that. He has strong hands. You know, he's another guy that's not affected by people pushing him and bumping him when he's downfield. So You know, he's uh, just—he's got it all, and he's got the weapon element as well to go along with that. So that's the big thing. I wrote down 35 to 55 as far as where he's drafted. His talent's better than that, but I'm writing that because I think the injuries. Yeah, uh, he'll be somewhere in the second round because of the the injury history. I think
0: this is interesting too. On NFL.com, they said that he plays to his top end speed at all times. So kind of like you see on on film, where there might be a player who is a four four forty, but is not playing four four. No, where Michael is playing at four five basically the whole game, and it's pedal to the metal
1: every play all yeah. play long. It's it, that that's what you like about it, and that's yeah, that's where I always get into the violence, the aggression, all of that. You know, is sticking the foot in the ground. Also, too, I mean, unbelievable catching the ball, getting right up the field. That's another thing you see that's got great value in the NFL. It's like Smith and Jigba, too, is that way, where, yeah, you know, again, it's it's first and ten, and they caught a four-yard pass, and you're in first and ten again, even though it was just a four-yard pass because their ability to catch it, turn up field, and accelerate so quick, you go, damn, they're always going to keep you in a good, manageable situation because they never lose yards. And then this kid, too, he ain't afraid to put his head down and and like try to run people over or just go i'm gonna get the tough yards and go between these two guys and get four or five extra yards that's what i really liked about yeah. him too really really a fun awesome receiver to watch very fun to watch if you watch the yeah, highlights be interested him. to see where he ends up you know uh falling
0: to. and he was voted team captain too so apparently his, his teammates like him as yep. well so that is tier two we close the book on tier two, and we have one more receiver, yeah, who gets to occupy tier three all by himself because all by himself. We don't go six, seven, eight, nine. Although we will mention some honorable mentions. Yeah, after we have we get some done guys with this here one.
1: because that's where I do I do love, like as I said, the draft. I think there's going to be some third, fourth, fifth rounders where we could be sitting here three, four years now going, damn, they're one of the better receivers in football. How do we miss it? And I'd go, I didn't miss it. I saw it. There just wasn't that elite trait. But man, there was like. Five other things he did that are really good, just maybe not elite, that I didn't want to put him in this top part of the class,
0: all right? So here we go, tier three. Your number five wide receiver. receiver, I got to give it that presentation. Your number five wide receiver in the 2023 draft class is Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. And if you like
1: speed, then you like Jalen Hyatt because this mofo can run, all right? He ran 4-4 flat at the Combine. It looks faster than that to me on film. I don't know, you know. And I d- I know he was disappointed with his forty time at the combine. Mm-hmm. He told me he was he thought he could be he could go four three flat, you know maybe four two nine. He's got that kind of speed. When you watch him on film, you go, ooh, he might run four three one or four two nine, you know. So I'm I'm sure he was a little disappointed here. But this is a this is a track star straight liner, Deshaun Jackson will fuller ish type of receiver right all right so there's going to be things about him that you love there's going to be some things about him that you know i'm not crazy about he's not a great route runner he's not shown that ability one not only does he not do it and like they don't have a lot a great route tree there at tennessee as far as a lot of differences but two i i truly question whether he can do it unlike the other guys where i try to piece things together right? right Jalen Hyatt, you can watch a bunch of catches and he, he never makes anybody miss. Never, that's not his game. It's never break somebody's ankles or he shook that guy out of his cleats and then got extra yards. Now, if there's a seam straight away, watch out because it's three rockets up his ass and he's going to run by it. And that's where he's really, really valuable. But he's not going to catch a 10-yard in cut and break tackles and then break somebody's ankles and then reaccelerate and run for a 50-yard touchdown. That's not his game. But... He gets a free release or gets off the line of scrimmage the right way and you got a safety that doesn't get back instantly, see ya. He is going to run over the top and it's going to be a 60-yard post for a touchdown. So that's where he's special. And again, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea like we talk about. This is going to be for the team that goes, "Wait, we got a route runner, we got a size guy. I need a guy that can now, you know, be a dangerous home run hitter type of guy." a Marquez Valdez-Scantling type of guy that way too, Mm. right? And that's where Jalen Hyatt comes into play.
0: He did have his injury concerns, but it was mostly in 2021. Just started one game because of leg injuries there, but played last year, and boy, did he ever against Alabama. What might have been the the game of the year in college football. I feel like we were all watching that and all watching the goalposts go into the river or wherever they ended (laughs) up there uh, in Knoxville. And I think we have a photo, Kristen, of – that day for him because he had a career high 207 receiving yards five touchdowns in the upset of alabama it's crazy and then after the game he shared a cigar with the one and only Joe burrow? manning oh. no
1: <laughs> I, thought, I thought only joe burrow smoked cigars i know he's like what
0: someone smoking a cigar i'll fly there immediately uh no peyton manning in the locker room with jalen Ah, uh, that's awesome yeah Peyton's- oh so jalen smokes though yeah. Well, that's not good. That's uh, not good for the lungs. Uh,
1: he's not sending it in the lungs. It's a cigar. He's just letting oh, it in the call. mouth, and then he blows it out. Yeah, well, we <laughs> right? Don't him. judge him. we got to verify. All right? Yeah. All right? I Actually, yeah, the funny thing about cigars, my grandfather, he had to stop smoking cigars, right? Okay. Not not mine. This is my father-in-law. I shouldn't say my grandfather. Before. Okay. What am I talking about? <laughs> he had to stop smoking cigars. And yeah. I was like, oh, that stinks. I'm, I tell my wife, that stinks. She goes, yeah, did you know he was inhaling them? Oh. And I was like, What? She's like, yeah, he inhales cigars. I didn't really know that. And I was like, I didn't either. Like, who the fuck inhales cigars? You're
0: not supposed to inhale them? No. No. No.
1: Uh, you, I don't. You, first off, most people would puke and be green. Yeah, it's tobacco. It's not like meant to be inhaled. But he was doing it. So yeah. he could
0: have continued. Just to stop inhaling. Yeah. Right? But it,
1: well, yeah. I, I think. I hope. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. But the, sorry to change the subject there. But I just had <laughs> no, to. No, that there was good. i just <laughs> learned about that. And the next <laughs> time I have a cigar, I, like yeah, I've don't only inhale. done it a couple times in my life. Don't you know inhale. me. not I inhale. only have
0: energy drinks. But just don't inhale. For all the homies out there, don't inhale. Uh, Fred Belitnikov Award winner. As we transition back to Jalen Hyatt. Sorry. Uh, this past year. Um, yeah, so the production met the what we saw on film there too, which is which is good to see. And and you figure, of all conferences, right? You go, you do that against Alabama, who has We've Nick never Saban seen who coaches that all that. these DBs right. and is like right. a recruit high level, and so yeah. you feel more confident in the competition. Obviously, that he faced. definitely.
1: That that's the good thing is you know what you're getting here with this guy. You know, there's some work that has to be done with you know some route running and things like that. You know, there's also. Um, You know how you heard me talk about with some of these other guys, their ability to play, you know, their play strength. If people are bumping them when they're down the field, if people are bumping them while the ball's in the air, do they get thrown off their route? You know, can they not adjust to the ball now that somebody's nudged them a little bit, right? He's got some issues there. He's not like the other four guys we talked about who have no issues in that department. You know, so that's the other thing. you got to piece together Uh, releases. Again he's in a spot a lot of the times where he gets to be not challenged coming off the line of scrimmage so you don't get to see that a ton either. You know, so there's there's some things there that that worry me, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't teach speed. And you know, he does have quick feet and he can stick his foot in the ground. He's just not going to be able to do this stuff and wiggle and and like make you think, "Oh, he's about to go right." Oh, but he planted his foot in the ground and went left, right? It's a little bit more of this like That's straight. Chop my feet. Turn to the left. Now I go straight again. Right. Now I can do it quick and fast. But you know, it's not to the level of a Zay Flowers or a Smith and Jigba or our man Wilson from Stanford, where you just go, man, it's unbelievable body movement, body language, playing with the DB's mind and all that. His his playing with the mind is just like you better backpedal
0: or I'm running by you in a hurry. Jake Scanlon says to you. Is it a concern that Jalen Hyatt has barely had any career snaps versus press coverage? Yeah. I get that offenses have evolved and there's different ways of utilizing players, but Hyatt is getting first-round hype, and first-round wide receivers should be able to beat press, especially on third and fourth downs. Hey,
1: he's—you heard me just say it—that—that—that's—it is. You don't get to see it, and it does worry me a little. There's no doubt.
0: Eighty-seven percent of his routes from the slot last season had. Just one catch versus press. Yeah.
1: It just he's always got a free release. Now, he's gonna be put in those positions in the NFL. That that's you know, again, that's what he's gonna be used for. You're right. I mean, it's a great question, a great observation by you, Jake Scanlon, all of it. It is. But you said it right too. The NFL, they know how to hide these guys now and not let them be in those situations too many times, right? And yeah, there's some things that you know I'm a little concerned about or wish he was better at. But, again, this is not a, a trait, an elite trait that, like you talked about, too, you get to see it against other guys that are covering who also have elite traits, and you go, damn, he runs by them at an elite level. And that's where you go, well, all right, I'll take, I'll take that and realize that there's some issues in the other department, but we'll, we'll try to work on them and get better. But we know what he is, and that's, that's what he is. And that's where, you know, like I said – Will Fuller, Darius Slayton, the Giants, that type of guy, right? Um, frail frame, you know, frailer than Olave and Garrett Wilson from last year, and yeah. certainly not the hip—I mean, not the route runner those guys was. Yeah. So that's where, yeah,
0: he'll have to be protected a little bit in that department when he first gets in the league. Yeah, we'll end with the heptagon. The heptagon? We'll end with the heptagon with him because yeah, six foot one seventy six. And, wow, what a strange-looking heptagon. Right? I've that never seen crazy. one like this before. Broad jump, awesome. Vertical jump, awesome. 40-yard dash, really good. 10-yard split, really good. But then you have him in the 5th percentile in weight. Yeah, just 176. Wingspans, average arm length, average height, uh, 35th percentile. Yes, hand Even size is small. Hand size small, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very odd.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And so, you know, that's what you're getting there. This is a guy that's going to be drafted by a team that goes, wait, we need a speed guy. Yeah. We need a guy that can run an 80-yard post and bomb somebody, and and, and uh, that's what he is, and we got the other guys to do the other stuff. But there is great value in that, and, yeah, that's what uh, I expect him to see See him be doing at least next year on Sundays.
0: This one's a nine-sided one, Kristen has just pointed out. Wow. I don't know why some guys get more more guns than other guys, I, right? Yeah, What's to do with that?
1: I don't know. Some It's like we
0: don't count some other people's categories. We're like, oh, well, screw that category for that guy. We're not going to add it on. It is a non-agon. a nonagon. A nonagon is also called an enagon. We've learned more about gons in this pod over the last week than probably any other football hey, pod in the history of football. pods. I would hope so. I mean, hopefully, you're learning some football and something about <laughs> hexagons yeah. and all that as well. Yeah, yeah. Kristen says she could just be making this all up, too. So maybe you've learned nothing at the end of this whole thing.
2: For the world's greatest athletes. Yeah. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock.
0: All right, so that closes the book on your top five. Yeah. Let's let it all soak in one more time, Kristen. Let's take a look at it here. There is the top five, Zay Flowers, JSN in tier one. You got tier two of Quentin Johnston and Michael Wilson and then Jalen Hyatt in tier three. The big question from a lot of people out there will probably be, that USC receiver, yeah, Jordan Addison. Sure, why is he not represented on that graphic?
1: Yeah, listen, he does a lot of good things. You know, he does. I I, I do like Jordan Addison. I think you know, if I ever to really break it down, one, he's good route runner. You know, he can do some of the things we didn't talk about with Jalen Hyatt. Uh, but at the same time, you know, size and overall just straight explosion is a little, a little bit of an issue for me there. I mean, he's a 170 pound guy. Right, and he ran four four nine, and to me it looked like he was slower than that, really four four nine was like the best he could do uh he definitely was a more advanced run a route runner. I said that than like a Jalen Hyatt for sure, right a good well rounded receiver, but I just did not think overall there was enough speed or explosiveness to justify a first round grade or a top five you know t- uh you know ranking in this. You know, I I wrote, I'm not sure there's anything special or elite that pops out about his game. You know, he's not great at contact, right? Running routes or yak at the line, uh, not great through contact as far as running routes or yak or, you know, at the line of scrimmage. So what I was saying there is, you know, bumps downfield affect him. He got the ball in his hands. He goes down easily. And then at the line of scrimmage, if somebody gets a hand on him, he's thrown off kilter by Mm -hmm. that, you know had a lot of catches where you go, uh-oh, watch out, he's got space, there's about to be a big play, and nothing ever happens, right? So that, that, to me, was the reason why I really think he's someone that's late second, probably third round. You know, Not to say he can't be a good NFL, this is what I mean, there's a lot of these guys in there. Yeah. Where There's no elite trait, but he, this guy can run some routes and he knows how to play, and he's going to make a name for himself and be a good NFL player, he's just not going to get drafted in the top
0: 35 picks of the draft. Kenny Tose wants to throw one guy at you. Yeah. Little off the radar here. Right. But Jonathan Mingo kind of fits the AJ oh. Brown mold. Uh-huh. Ole Miss wide receiver. He goes yeah. surprised he's not getting more love. I feel like if he played at Alabama, he'd be talked about more.
1: Well, there's a there is a lot. And he's right with the AJ Brown comparison. It's that type of body. Okay. A guy that's six two, two twenty, ran four four six, had a thirty nine point a thirty nine and a half inch vertical. His speed is not four four six ish. It's not AJ Brown when you watch him on film. Mm. A.J. Brown was one of those where you're like, oh, he did this at combine, but whoa! I turn on the film, he looks faster than the combine, and whoa, he's making people miss a lot here, right? So this is what I wrote about him. You know, uh, I, he's got a unique body. There's nobody like him with the body in the draft, as far as just like you're just like whoa, this guy's a man. Legs, arms, shoulders, neck, like looks like he can run you over, right? It looks like a running back in the NFL. That's sure. what he looks like. Um, he's got that A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel type, is, type of body. Strong as hell, you know, as a blocker or a route runner. Um, uh, and he's not going to be easy to tackle. That's what I wrote. Fearless catching the ball in traffic. You know, he is an A.J. Brown, and then I wrote, actually more of a Juju Smith-Schuster type, where mm-hmm. I think he's got not necessarily go deep like A.J. Brown, but work the underneath coverages, right? He is good at sticking his foot in the ground. You know, it's it's not great explosion out of the breaks and all that. He's a little heavy-footed is what I wrote, you know, but he is twitchy and quick, so he does got a little shake about him, right? Um, but I did not think he played as fast as his 40 time, you know, got a good stiff arm, you know, going to break through arm tackles, but, you know, doesn't do a ton after the catch, right? Right. He knows how to lean on defenders, all that. Um, but
0: so more questions.
1: Yeah, that. but yeah. more questions. Nothing elite is what I'm saying, but still a good all-around receiver.
0: So who was close to breaking into your top five for you?
1: Yeah, okay. So, you know, I liked him. Um, another name that I really, really liked was Rasheed Rice from SMU. You know, six – I'm going to say Rasheed was around 6'2", right around there. Maybe it was six one, six one two zero oh, four. Ran four ran 4'5". But ran a 149 split, and you see that on film. Again, the ability to accelerate, right? That was real. And then, you know, the ability to catch the ball in traffic, jump balls, all of that. And to me, was the most physical wide receiver in the draft. He wanted to he was not afraid of any type of contact. Lowering his head, linebackers, safeties, whatever. He brings it. You know, he's a guy that I really liked. I think probably not later to the second round, but good route runner. He's got great feel, and then has a little bit of that physicality, jump ballness, and like unbelievable breaker of tackles after the catch. You know, it just has a, a great contact balance about him, along with that size and route running that I really liked. It. He was one guy that just missed um, Michael Jefferson from Louisiana, a taller guy at six three, right. But rare to see a sixer get, not a burner, not like Quentin Johnson fast, but more hips and route running than Quentin J- Quentin Johnson. So he was somebody that definitely popped to me. All right, he's a guy I'd love to give some love to there. We hit on Mingo. We hit on Rasheed Rice. Jaden Reed from Michigan State, another name I'd like to give some love to. You know, maybe not to the third round or something like that. But really had everything other than like, top end speed or size but 5'11 great route runner twitchy unbelievable at releases some of the most creative releases off the line of scrimmage that i saw out of anybody i really liked him and then the last guy i'm going to throw just a little love to here Ahmed just to, to round it out yeah kayshawn Butte. Who we got a question on him do you okay cj cool.
0: easterday yeah yo sims what happened to kayshawn Butte? Seemed like he was primed to be a top 10 pick after his freshman year, and now it seems like he might not even be taken in the first two rounds. Didn't help that he ran a 4-5-40. Is the talent legit, or was the hype always overblown?
1: No, it's he's a good player, and I actually think he's going to be made more for the NFL maybe than he is college. The overall explosiveness, explosiveness to to that point, is it is the problem of why you're not going to hear him you know, as one of the top receivers drafted. and I'm trying to get to my damn page of where the hell I had this guy. Uh, we got. Uh, I so, keep trying to
0: get you on to a digital form I, of this. I'm one now, of these days. You're old days. school. You keep saying that, but I, I don't know. think there's any motivation there. You're, you? you're, you're
1: exactly right. You're <laughs> reading me right here. Um, but here's the thing that separated him in my opinion. Now, he doesn't have that ex- overall explosive ability like we talked about. I mean, it's a 29-inch vertical jump. 4 20-yard shuttle. Like, I, I'm shocked by those numbers. Those are a little low. I ran a better 20-yard shuttle than he did, mm. right? But there's one thing you do see, you know, incredible body control, the releases again, and unbelievable hips and route running to where it might not be sexy or highlight show or any of that, but the kind of guy that you go, damn, he had 8 for 80 today. He had 7 for 94. You know, he had 12 for 110 where he just goes a lot of good route running. He's got no weakness to his game, maybe not one great aspect, but, you know, goes back into knowing how to set people up, knowing how to contort his body to make it look like I'm going one way and then go another way. That's what I mean by the hips department, right? Like you've heard me say the Allen Iverson, ability to do all that. That's where he had, you know. um, Hands are good. Had a few drops that I didn't like. but rips the ball out of the air. That's the other thing I'm big into, and maybe didn't even make that point enough as we go here because you look at the great receivers in football, right? Debo Samuel. He catches the ball over the middle. He never lets it get into his body, right? He catches it like a foot in front of his face because he wants to get it and rip it down so he can go and fly and get yards after the catch. This kid had that too. I did like that about him. So it's a good all-around player, right? Just not a superstar, but I think somebody that goes late second, early third round.
0: Another guy that I liked. My yeah. final, Ooh, final one. I like it. I thought I was going to be able to tell talk about Michael, um, Smith on that one, right? Oh, Michael Wilson. Smith is Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> I love him so much, <laughs> Michael Smith. That's not his name. Oops, sorry. Uh, Tank Dell for Houston. Okay. I mean, there's the kind of the guy where it's like if you play the game in a phone booth, he would still figure out a way to get around you and. And run for a touchdown. Small guy, 5'8", 165. Like, super small. Super small. But so explosive. His 40-yard dash time wasn't all all that fast. I know. But you watch him on film, you're like, man, oh, man. He's got some
1: moments. He's a tough one. He was a
0: tough one for me.
1: I didn't love him a whole lot. Like, you, you see moments if you go, whoa, that's great speed. And then I have other moments where I'd go, man, that's not a very good route. Or, you know, damn, you got tackled. You had all that space there. You know, so... Again, there's a spot for that guy for yeah. sure. Uh, he wasn't one of my favorites, but, yeah, some of his good plays were like, oh, man, that is sexy right there. And that's how
0: I scout. Yeah. I, just looking at the <laughs> highlight plays, right. which is not uh, the <laughs> holistic view, like uh, looking at every single one of his plays. Uh, we were going to talk about the quarterbacks of but, Pro Day, but we have something else we want to talk about. Like I, breaking news. Before we so. get to that, I do want to just tell you, though, that the MLB— mm-hmm. MLB— the MLB season kicks off this Thursday, so crush your last-minute draft with the Roto-World Baseball Draft Guide. Get all the player updates, rankings, and projections to dominate your league. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Draft Guide and use Pennant25 to save 25% at checkout. We'll do that better next time. Um, but it is baseball. That I was am all, yeah. I mean, that sorry about that. I don't I know did what fine. happened right there. I did fine. We'll hit on the Pro Days Wednesday. But we, A have, bit. we have breaking news. I know
1: we do. And I can't even fucking believe this, but I can believe it.
0: So it happened during uh, the taping of this pod. You've probably already seen it listening to this out there right now. But uh, Chris and I are seeing this for the first time. Lamar Jackson has requested a trade. Apparently, it happened a while ago. So let me just read this tweet for both of us here, Chris. Uh, A letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all the love and support that you have consistently showed towards me. All of you are amazing. I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions in regards to my future plans. As of March 2nd, I requested a trade. From the Ravens organization, for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. And everyone that has met me or been around me knows that I love the game of football. And my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore's flock nation and the entire state of Maryland You will see me again. So that was Lamar Jackson. Whoa. I mean, just first of all, like what... So I guess he requested a trade March 2nd. Right. And nothing has happened, and he's now going public with these demands. What's your reaction to that?
1: Well, I mean, it's not shocking, shocking. I mean, I guess it's shocking to hear, like, it was requested. But, like, this was kind of in the works. When you get a non-exclusive franchise tag... And as we've heard, the NFL had to correct his representation and tell the NFL not to talk about, not talk to a guy that's not a certified NFL agent, right, who was calling on his behalf and not to negotiate, but just to gauge interest from teams and strike the conversations going there. Okay, so some of these were going on anyways. I mean, I know there's teams that, you know, he had this guy call, and he's he's talked to. It. I know it. Florio knows it. It's, this this is a real thing. The NFL didn't put out this notice to the NFL teams to say don't negotiate with this guy because they just decided to like you know pick it out of thin air. No, it's real. They know this from the teams and probably other people involved as well. But I guess it's just shocking to sit here. The requested the trade part of it, like like that's where it's like he. Is he saying there's no way back? He's not doing that? Yeah. You know, or is it just an overall frustration of, like, I'm not getting the
0: contract I want and whatever? And that's what I'll be interested to see here. You know who maybe could answer some of these questions? The head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh was meeting with the media in Phoenix at the owner's meetings when Lamar sent out the tweets. How convenient. And so here's what Coach Harbaugh had to say.
1: I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely. Just like everybody else is here, and uh, looking forward to uh, a resolution. I'm excited, thinking about Lamar all the time. Thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to football. And I'm confident that's going to happen. All right. Well, they're, they're, listen. They've been saying all the right things. You know, they're they're they
0: want Lamar. Yeah, because where do they go without Lamar?
1: I mean, yeah, they want Lamar. There's, there's no doubt. They just don't want Lamar at five years, 230, all guaranteed. You know? They're, they're, by all practical matters, he's, he's been offered the second greatest contract in the history of football. He's not happy with that, so I don't know where to go with that. It's not, you know, where I get into it, it's not like collusion against Lamar here. It's collusion against, the, yeah, guaranteed contract, sure. We didn't need Lamar to happen to know that this collusion was going on. This was going on before Deshaun Watson. You know, this is a thing. But, yeah, I don't know where this goes. Again, I wish he would get representation. It's weird in the fact that it's a he got unlucky. And this is, again, where representation would help, right? Because representation would have been able to set up before the end of the year a few places that, hey, this makes sense for Lamar if it doesn't work in Baltimore. And, hey, you know, non-Baltimore team, you should keep Lamar on your radar because he can do this and this of your team, and it makes sense for you guys. That's where great agents do. They can bridge the gap, make a GM see the light. Oh, whoa, you're right. That would work good in my team or my offense. or my. And he's got none of that. So teams either moved on and then – it was never set up the right way in the first place. And then you got a, a number of teams who were kind of in that, like, we're not ready for a guy like Lamar. We're, we're, we want to draft a young quarterback and kind of start our organization new, right? So it's, it's weird where it didn't fall right for him either. And then, you know, when everybody came out at first with the, you know, we're not interested in Lamar, right, and everybody thought like, oh, it looks so weird that four teams put out the same statement. No. Four different teams, four different beat writers – Baltimore got the non-exclusive franchise. Those four different individuals called the team that they're called the team that they're associated with. Hey, I'm the Miami beat writer. Miami, are you going to pursue Lamar Jackson? They release a statement. Atlanta Falcons, you're going to resu- I'm the beat writer for the Atlanta Falcons. You're going to res- pursue Lamar Jackson, and then it looks like the fix is in. Lamar's loved again. What is not loved is the guaranteed contract, the inability you know, to get anything done with him. Yeah. And nobody pushing the mess the right message for him to connect people. That's really what's hurting him more and, than anything.
0: And it's and it, there are questions on every player. Yeah, right. And Lamar Jackson does have obvious questions on him he too. Does. Right. It's not just about like a principled stance on not giving away a guaranteed contract. It is like, all right, if we're gonna do that, you gotta be as sure as you have been about any player because you don't want to cripple what you can do around he's him. He's great. Yeah. He's been great, yeah. but he's been injured. Exactly.
1: He's he's it, it's like. He's great, but it's not like like you're saying it, right? He doesn't come without like some concerns or some questions. One, you know, negotiating the contract or negotiating any contract down the road is annoying and already scary at teams. He he has a reputation, whether he likes it or not. That's the reputation. It, and and so there's that. Then, you know, hey, your game's built a lot on your movement. You know, you don't move as good as you did 3 years ago. You're still awesome in movement, but you're not the same. And you've missed the last two years, you know, in December. All right, that's a little scary. And you're a guy that, again, got of your game is around movement, you know. And then, you know, hey, you want this huge contract and all this stuff. Well, you've won one playoff game. You've won one playoff game. You know, so those, those are the things teams are looking at. And then I had a team tell me, too, the one thing that bothered them more than anything was the amount of practices he's missed over the last few years because he's been sick or had little issues like that. So that scared him. So, you know, there's just a few things that go on there, and you know, again, that's where the way he's handling the situation is not giving teams confidence to go. Well, let me just black, you know, back up the Brinks truck and give him whatever he wants. You know, th- this is this is risky, and it's being done a different way in which you know NFL teams are very conservative by nature, and. This is like kind of fly by the seat of your pants type of yeah. stuff, and that doesn't make them feel comfortable. Here's one of those where I have no idea how it's going to turn out. I, I mean, neither. It's the most unreal story. It's it's about as
0: unreal and crazy of a story as I can remember here in recent history in it's, the NFL. It's the weirdest thing where everything would surprise me and nothing would surprise yeah, me. Right. Like if he goes back to the Ravens, I would not be surprised. No, not at all either. You're if exactly he gets straight into another team, I would not be surprised.
1: You know, the teams I think we got to like maybe just like keep into mind here, right? And you correct me too. Is um, I I. Atlanta, okay. I'm still interested to see. And not totally sold. They're ready to move on. Carolina, we know is not doing it. Washington, okay. Maybe. Detroit, maybe. I'm, I'm just trying to find teams that are a maybe. Yeah. Right? Seattle, the Giants, the Cowboys. Tampa, I don't think, is going that way right now. Minnesota, San Francisco, Philadelphia. No. So we have three as of right now. You know, Houston is going the young quarterback route. They're not looking to go Lamar Jackson. The Indianapolis Colts, hey, they should probably still think about it. They should. You know, again, Shane Steichen came, you know, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. That makes sense. But also to them, they're like, they're a team that might be starting, like, we missed our window. We might be rebuilding here soon. That's why we got Shane Steichen, and we're thinking about taking a quarterback at four. Do we really want to get Lamar and then not be able to fill in the rest of the team the right way, right? So I don't know if it makes sense there all the way. Right. Plus, they've had three, you know, one-year retreads in a row where they brought a veteran and it didn't work out. Maybe they're burned by that. Lamar's certainly on a different level than those guys. Then after that, you know, okay, so who else is out there? Would Tennessee make a play and trade a Ryan Tannehill away, do something like that? But I think you kind of get to the end of the conversation there. Miami's going with Tua. They're not going to go that route. And there's not much else after that, so yeah. you know that's where it's a weird year and a weird situation for a guy that's one of the best players in our sport and I
0: don't think it's going to be resolved anytime soon it might be one of those things where it's after the draft where yep. this is because I don't think a player a team really is dying to give up two first round picks either
1: no die do you get a, two first round picks maybe the greatest contract ever
0: yeah you know along with wait we could
1: be two three years from now we need to Renegotiate the contract or figure some things out for salary cap room. Oh, I got to deal with Lamar and try to figure this out again. Nobody can deal with Lamar and get anything figured out right now. I don't like saying that, but that's the facts. Period. So I don't know where it goes, but it's crazy. A
0: developing story that will continue to develop, and you will talk about for sure. With I will. Mike Florio I'm tomorrow morning I'm on Peacock. Thank you very much. That is it. We have we finished it. this one. Wide receiver rankings are done, and now we move on to corners. Corners, baby. Wednesday, we got corners. And we safeties? Get, uh, I think just corners. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to
1: get to safeties. Safeties, we're going to have to put on the back burner. There's too many damn corners and too many damn receivers. I'm a little behind, so we'll just be doing corners, okay? But we'll be back Wednesday. Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid. Subscribe, rate, review. Wednesday podcast. Corners. Be there or be
0: square. Yeah. All right? Clap it up. Clap it up.